inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thank you to a new episode of Time to Shine. And here is time we're going to hear the behind the scenes of a very interesting online conference that happened just last year in 2021. It was coming again this year, actually. And our guest has been already before, two times before, so it's happy to have him again. Today, our guest is Boris Herstop. He is the founder of presentation agency 356 Labs, and he's a PowerPoint MVP. His agency is the company behind the industry-leading presentation skills conference, Present to Succeed. Hello, Boris. Oscar, and thank you so much for having me for this third time. And thank you for being one of the very few people that pronounce both our company name and the name of our conference right. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Great to hear that. And actually, yeah, you mentioned also uh, before you've been PowerPoint MVP. And I, as we follow each other, I noticed a few months ago you show your new MVP called Call Awards. Please tell us, tell us a bit about that. Yeah. So the PowerPoint MVP and the MVP award by itself is a very, how can I call it? Exclusive, maybe mm -hmm. <laughs> let's put it this way, award that Microsoft provides uh, to the people in the community who just bring a ton of value to the people out there for free. Right. That's mm -hmm. very, very important. Right. Uh, it's not related to anything that's making you money. It's something that you are doing for one reason or the other for free. And thus you're helping the community grow. You're helping people who are using that particular product in this case, PowerPoint to be better with it, etc. And so Microsoft every single year, I don't know. Wait, uh, I'm not sure that it's every single year. I think that they now changed it. I think that they're monitoring for new MVPs on a quarterly basis. And so if that's true, <laughs> if that's true, on quarterly basis, they're looking at the world, I would say, on LinkedIn, on the blogs, on the forums, on social media, etc., and are asking the question, hey, is there someone else that's bringing a ton of value to the outside world? Let's see whether or not we can explore uh, him or her for the MVP award. And once you become an MVP, you have to renew it, meaning you have to be doing things on a yearly basis. So you need to renew that award every mm -hmm. single year. You don't just get it and you have it for a lifelong time mm -hmm. or whatever. You have to renew it every single year. But it's quite nice, quite a nice thing because it gives you access to the people that write the product. You know, it gives you access to the so-called product group, the mm -hmm. people that actually write PowerPoint. They are asking you for feedback. You are asking them for feedback. You are helping them with the new features. They're helping you with some strange bugs that happen. On and on and on, meaning this community is a really a nice community that you can be a part of. Uh, so that's, I think, the biggest benefit from being an MVP. Mm -hmm. And you, you say you have you put your time, so give help for free. It's mostly in that community, or where else normally an MVP serves the, the yeah the community or the users of that product. It has to be anywhere, mm. you know, it's, it's for Microsoft. It doesn't really matter where and how are you helping the community. It may be you organize an event for free. 
uh, you may be you may have been contributing to an event and you were uh, just helping for that event to happen. Mm. Um, you may be writing a lot of blog posts on a, on a specific yes. topic. Uh, you may have wrote uh, written a digital PDF book that you are sharing for free on your website. I mean, it could be various things. That is the tricky part, I would say, of the MVP program. There are no exact criteria. Mm. There is no exact criteria. And that's making a few people, you know, a little bit angry <laughs> uh, because they say, hey, but I wrote a hundred blog posts. Why am I not an MVP? Mm. You know, and I understand that. By the way, a sure. friend of mine was in this situation for three years in a row and Microsoft oh. was not making him an MVP for God know what reason. And at some point he said, okay, so is go- is there somebody who is going to tell me what do I need to do mm-hmm. to become one? And so in the past, I don't know if that's different because I think they have done quite some changes there. In the past, the criteria was not that clear and that was making people a little bit, you know, uh, frustrated uh, when they don't get the awards. Nowadays, I hope, but I cannot, I really don't sure. know. I hope it's better because I know it is because they heard that feedback from so many places okay. uh, that once they heard it, I think um, together with the whole Microsoft, the company that started listening to the customers, I think that they also started listening to the MVP community and to everyone else out there. So your friend ultimately got it. Uh, hopefully they got it. I mean, okay. hopefully yeah, no, so. Sure. Okay. <laughs> anyway, persistence, persistence, of course. Yep. Yeah, f- congratulations for that, for that award. How how many times you got it, the PowerPoint MVP yourself? That's a good question. I think three, t- <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Quite I many. Back uh, I think it's either three or four times now. Uh, because I was an MVP before for SQL Server, so mm. I'm not sure. Like I think I was three years for SQL Server, and this is my third or fourth year for PowerPoint. I'm I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. I, yeah. I don't I don't count those things. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, congratulations. So now definitely we so like much. to hear um, behind the scenes of present to succeed that happened for the first time last year in 2021. Yes. And yeah, you you told us about uh, one year ago that was what was coming, but. And I, I, I attended the conference. It was, was excellent. And for, like me and for many people who were attending, that was beyond their expectations, greatly done. So I'd like to hear the behind the scenes so we can, well, maybe not make a event, such a big event like that, but yeah, learn, learn the good things and yeah, how we can do in smaller events and yeah. What do you tell us? Yeah, just ask. I have all the answers. <laughs> what do you want to learn about? Well, tell us um, what you think is, if you can just summarize, especially, especially the execution. You had you had a, a a vision, an idea, but when the time came for the execution, tell us uh, yeah. how it, how it went. So I think that everyone who is listening to this one will tell you that when they decided to do something, when they decided to start something, uh, and when they did it afterwards, everyone will tell you how hard it was. <laughs> so that is for sure, uh, for sure, the expected answer. I can tell you that yes, it was hard, and I can justify you, and I think you would agree, and I think that uh, many of the listeners would also agree why uh, bringing up a conference on presentation skills executed in a premium manner, because mm-hmm. that is what we wanted to achieve, and that is what we wanted to do, is not that easy. First, it was COVID pandemic times, you know, like mm. COVID just hit. So the budgets, of, the budgets of everyone were cut like mm. to the maximum. So there was no money almost on the market for sponsorships in this case. Right. Uh, second, what like everyone 
almost everyone I think here in our industry and I would say that the people that are listening to your podcast know that the presentation skills industry is not that large and popular industry. You know, mm-hmm. there are not that we just spent two and a half hours with our team trying to figure out how to promote this event in front of people that don't think they need to improve their presentation skills. Uh, there are so many people like that that just tell you, yeah, um, that's great that you're doing this, but I have been doing my presentations myself for the last 17 years. So I'm good. Uh, I'm what's good. wrong? <laughs> <laughs> you know? So what's wrong with uh, what's wrong with me? <laughs> like I, I'm not sure that there could be anything better. Uh, so there is this um, misunderstanding and this unaware uh, lack of awareness um, for hey, do I even have a problem? Do I have a need to join a conference like that? Because I have been doing this for the last 17 years. You know, so that is uh, the second biggest issue. On and on and on and on. You know, like we can go for and talk about the challenges and issues along the way um, for hours. That's not a problem. Uh, the cool part is what ended up happening. And I'll bring you, of course, uh, behind the scenes to see what were the challenges, some of the challenges that I think every event will fight against and has to go through. Um, is that... At the end of the day, uh, this conference uh, managed to get uh, more than 3,000 uh, tickets sold to people from more than 50 countries across the world. Oh, uh, for us, that was that was for a first year event during the pandemic on a topic that no one cares about. Sorry to say it. I work in this. I own an agency that's doing presentations and I'm saying it out loud that no one cares about. Okay, listen to this carefully. <laughs> And with the budget and with the awareness that we have, which is not that much, you know, like, who are we, 356 Labs, on a global scale? You know, like, we are nobody. Let's be honest. Like, we are not Microsoft. We are not Apple. We are not Google. Like, you haven't heard about us. (laughs) Let's be, let's let's just say it out loud. So that was, for us, uh, having in mind that in January 2021, we have sold less than 200 tickets. Then in April to get to 300, uh, 3,200 was a little bit above was a huge success because in February we were like, hmm, okay, if we get to a thousand, it will be a tremendous success. You know, mm-hmm. it will be a tremendous success. And so here are two things that we, I think we have done very differently that allowed us to do that event in that way, in that fashion that I think everyone can learn from if you decide to organize an event at some point or if you are the person that's asking someone to organize an event for you, mm-hmm. all right? That's both sides. The first one is in regards to sponsorships and sponsors. Events, most of the events, not all of them, but most of them cannot be created without sponsors. Right. Sponsors are playing a humongous role in the success of, in the success of an event because they bring a ton of the revenue for the event. Now, how do you get sponsors? Well, here is what tell me if you have seen this, because I'm sure that at some point you have received sponsorship proposal in your inbox yeah, yeah. for sure. At least once. At least tell me if you have seen this. There is a presentation that's coming in into your inbox, an email that's telling you, hey, we are organizing this event and we would like you to sponsor. Here is the presentation. Uh, take a look. You open the presentation. First of all, that presentation is not designed well. Mm-hmm. right? It doesn't look like the presentations that you admire. But let's not even discuss that. right? Even though design wins and first impression matters, sure. still there are people that don't understand that the design of that document 
a PowerPoint presentation that was exported as a PDF matters tremendously. But more importantly, what I wanted to say about the sponsorships and what I see every every day, you okay, not every day, every week, <laughs> is that you get to a slide, and here I want your feedback. You get to a slide, and by the way, for everyone, if you received a sponsorship proposal and you have seen this, please make sure that you find a way to comment, tag us, and say, yes, I did this. Uh, I have been in this situation on Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Yeah. Where can they uh, reach out? On, where can they comment? Ah, we can comment can on, on, on Twitter or in, in the show notes. Comment on the show notes. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah. Okay, brilliant, everybody. So if you have been in this one, please let us know. You receive this PowerPoint PDF <laughs> file and you see uh, three predefined packages, right? Mm -hmm. For the sponsorship, the yes. sponsorship proposals actually are three predefined packages that the sponsorship that the event organizer is asking you to choose from. I'm completely yeah, sure that typical. everyone has seen this and has experienced this. Problem with that case is, and I don't know for how many of you were in this case, problem is that many times, many times, those companies, those individuals that you are sending this proposal to and that has these three, three or four or five or two or whatever predefined packages, don't, let me repeat this, don't actually reflect their business needs okay they don't match what they want to get out of that investment a sponsorship is an investment someone is telling you hey here is ten thousand euros twenty thousand euros for the sponsorship but when they do something like that most companies probably not all but most companies will tell you here is what i want to get yeah you know and when you are just showing them predefined packages and you're even telling them that they cannot be changed and they cannot be adapted to those business needs, you are not doing yourself a favor. All right. So the advice here for everyone is when you are searching for sponsors and what we have done is we didn't send you, we didn't send to anybody three predefined packages. What we did with Microsoft, what we did with Canva, what we did with Adobe in order to win them over mm -hmm. For them to get us money during the post the COVID pandemic crisis, where all of the budgets were like so tight, mm, yes. was we asked them, "Hey, what do you guys want to achieve?" Tell us what do you want to get out of this sponsorship. And once we see and once we hear from you, what do you want to achieve? We will build a custom package that fits those needs. Right. Mm -hmm. Send it over for you. Uh, send send it over to you for review. We can discuss it afterwards. Adapt it again if needed, etc. So just to give you an, an example of how this looks right now, so that you guys, like everyone, can illustrate, um, everyone can understand what's happening. Normally, normally, people sponsor events because of three reasons. Normally, most companies. The three reasons are: first, brand awareness. Second. They want new customers in one way or the other. They are searching for new leads, new customers, yeah. etc. Third, strengthened loyalty, right? You want to be there so that you, let's say, present your solution yet again so that the people that are using it don't have a reason to move to the competitor, mm -hmm. right? There are also some cases where people are using events to hire people from, yeah. right? That's also a business case. But this is more or less it. Mm -hmm. Like 
the, the main ones. Now, here is a business case one-on-one masterclass or any way you want to call it in sponsorships. We are approaching Microsoft. The question here is, how much brand awareness, new <laughs> customers, and how many new customers, how much brand awareness, how much will we strengthen the loyalty of Microsoft through an event that get that gathers together even this year, hopefully 8,000 people? How much, you know? Do, my, do, do Microsoft need additional brand awareness? Mm, <laughs> I wouldn't say so. And even if they need it, it will be in a larger scale than 8,000 people. Right? Yes. I mean, let's be honest. So if you are looking at it from this perspective, I approached Microsoft and the marketing uh, manager there, and I was like, hey, man, I'm worried. I don't think that we have something to offer you. You have it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, the typical sponsorship things that people are paying for, we cannot afford you. You already have it. And before we actually dropped the call, and I was like disappointed that we're not going to be able to get money from them and do something great with them. They said, yeah, but we have been thinking about this. And we actually have a question for you. Uh-huh. Can we use your event? Can we use your event and make sure that from this event, we get three new people from Europe, right? From Europe, that will be a potential MVP candidate. Now, here is a wow. business case. Here is a business need that's very different than mm. rent awareness and hiring, even though it's a little bit like hiring. Yeah, closer. It, but still, yeah. So that is the business case of Microsoft in this case. And so what we have done is we have created a custom package match, you know, and to help them get to those three people that will potentially become mm-hmm. afterwards PowerPoint MVPs. So that is what I mean when I say customize the packages based on the client's needs. That is the ultimate approach. And that is why Microsoft is now returning. Canva is now returning. Mm-hmm. All of those brands are returning to us because they get what they want to get and not just three predefined packages. Ah, oh, let me go with the silver because mm-hmm. it's the middle one. You know, uh, it seems it seems like the most fair deal. <laughs> it's not, it's not cheap. It's not expensive. Uh, it's somewhere in the middle. Let's be part of it somehow. I'm not saying that this is not going to work for some events, but if you're going to be pushing the limits, if you wish, of events, then my opinion and only my opinion, right? I'm not sure that it's right. I'm telling you that it worked for us. Is that you need to customize the package towards the needs of the sponsor. That is lesson number one to everyone. I can move on to tell you about the tickets. I think it's, that was, was interesting. That one was very interesting how we get to so many people. Okay, please. Yes. Because, yeah. So in this case, in our case, in an industry like ours, which um, doesn't exist, uh, <laughs> more or less, and we are all creating it together with you guys, exactly. with Oscar and with everyone else through the books that you write, uh, write through the events that we do, through the posts that we publish, through the social media noise, through the, uh, everything, you know, this slowly but steadily moves the needle and tells the world, Hey, there is something like the presentation industry. There are people that are called presentation experts and they can be of great help to you. You know, that is what we're doing. And that's great. And we need to continue doing so because slowly but steadily the market is being created. Because what I like to say about the presentation industry is that 
once you experience it, you know, once you do a truly effective presentation, you cannot go back. Exactly. You know, it, yeah, it is impossible. The difference is so huge that you are, you have to be crazy to want to go back and tell yourself that, wait a minute, if I go to the previous way of presenting, it still makes sense. Not really. You will lose no. business. You will lose your job, maybe. <laughs> Either way, completely true. Completely true. I completely agree. We have been in a communication like last year in uh, December with some people in Spain and their managers. Actually, we were in, the, in touch with their managers <coughs> that were scheduled to be uh, on trainings together with us because they were about to be fired okay. because they were not able to present in front of their customers and their salespeople. Mm -hmm. And just before the, the training started, they actually got into another sales meeting with a very important customer. And that was because it was in the first six months of their uh, period with the company. They, they bombed so badly that the uh, HR director called me and said, the training is uh, canceled. Uh, we actually fired those people. There is no, like, it doesn't make sense. I was like, Ouch. okay. I mean, what can I do here? Like, so you are completely right. There are organizations that will fire people just because they cannot communicate and present effectively nowadays. It's such a crucial skill uh, nowadays. So back on the question and a little bit insight and a little bit of um, behind the scenes here. How did we end up uh, converting 3,000 people to the event? Uh, it was not through social media marketing. Uh, let me tell you that. Mm -hmm. um, it was not through, even though I know, for example, I'm kind of close and consulting with a guy who organizes a brilliant event about advertising. It's called AdWorld. It was not, they actually have, and they achieve like 60 to 80,000 people. Okay. Only through Facebook advertising. Mm. You know, <laughs> it is, it is craziness. It is insane. <laughs> However, they're talking, they're talking about the topic of social media and not presentation. And advertising. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plus, 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 they are masters of advertising. Plus, they have a ton of money to spend. And mm. the most scary part, in a beautiful way, is they know how to spend them. Yeah. And that's the crazy part. Exactly. <laughs> now, in our case, we didn't have that much, like, millions of euros to spend on Facebook yeah. advertising. If I had them, I would be super happy to give them away to Facebook uh, to get to, I don't know, 80,000 people or something. Uh, but in our case, what worked was not just the social media marketing. It was like that probably brought 15 to 20% of the audience. Uh, but the other 80, we actually approached our own customers. So if you're organizing an event, mm -hmm. the way you bring people in, in my opinion, and something that worked for us is that we approached our customers or you can approach your customers or your partners or vendors or whatever it may be and create a package offer. Uh, just create an offer where you calculate very carefully what is the minimum amount that every person costs you. You know, like when you look at your financial yeah, planning, mm -hmm. you need to have a, you, everyone listen carefully. You need a very simple Excel spreadsheet with a financial plan for an event. These things can get so expensive so quickly. You will be stunned. Our conference was more than 110,000 euros. And it was a virtual conference. So it was, for yeah. our scale, was very expensive exercise. So you need to be very mindful around money. <laughs> okay, yeah. be mindful because it can cost you a lot, and you don't want to go bankrupt. You actually want to be on zero 
or yeah. even get sure. a little on top. So what we did was we created packaged offers for 15, 50, 100, 200, 500, mm-hmm. or any number that you want. Packages with tickets inside, and we sold them to the HR people or to the learning and development people. Mm-hmm. And we told them, hey, guys, on a price of almost nothing, mm-hmm. you know, like we were willing, we were willing to cut the prices of the tickets quite low because we really needed the people to get to this event, to learn from the people that we invited. Because yet again, if you see it once, you cannot unsee it. That was our main goal here. Like just see it, you cannot unsee it. And so we were man- we managed to sell quite some organizations uh, where we sold 50, 100, 200, 300. For some organizations, the biggest uh, purchase was 650. Wow, that's really right. Good. For one organization. Mm. And the coolest part, another trick here for everyone, when you sell a package like that, the very important thing is the first thing that the HR people will ask you, how am I, how in the world am I going to register 650 people? I don't have the time (laughs) for that. (laughs) You know, like, what am I going to be doing? Excel files, sending them over. There will be someone new. There will be someone that says, oh, I don't want it. No, don't do that. What you do is you create a promo code on your website for a 100% discount, a 100%. Then you prepare a simple PDF with screenshots, right, of your website and the steps that you need to follow Mm -hmm. to purchase your ticket. And then you send to the HR, and this is, by the way, part of your sales presentation, so that before they ask you, how am, how on earth am I going to do it? They see it in the presentation. Oh, right? nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you send them the promo code and this PDF, instruction PDF file, and tell them, hey, guys, the only thing that you need to do is to send one email to your employees with the promo code and with the instructions. And you tell them, Hey, everybody in the company X, we managed to secure 650 tickets for Mm -hmm. this incredible event that's coming up in April called Present to Succeed. Here are the instructions and here is the promo code for 100% discount. The first 650 from you who follow the instructions in this PDF and go and register, win. Uh Right? And everyone registers by themselves. That is actually how we managed to get so many people at this event. And to be very honest, it worked very, very well. And it continued to continues to work um, for this year's event too. Well, quite, quite smart because, yeah, I, I was thinking it has to be something that the same user has to register. And yeah, you make it super, super easy. Yeah, yeah otherwise the HR will tell you, uh, that sounds great, but I don't have the time. Yeah, exactly. You're giving, you're giving them <laughs> work to do. <laughs> yeah and they have enough yes they already have enough yeah so they already have enough so that is what we did one of the last things that i, I want to just mention here probably mm-hmm. and then uh, back to you to ask anything else the the thing that i really want to everyone to hear is the feedback that we got after the conference sure there were some small things that people like few people mentioned that could be better of course we wrote them down we improved them already for 2022 of course this is critical feedback. You need to be listening to everyone that attended. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that you have a mechanism to collect that feedback, of course. And then sit down one morning, read it, think about, hey, what should I change? How should I change it? So that this is uh, not going to happen next next year. 
or in my next event, whenever that event is. But one of the things that truly mesmerized me was the feedback of many, many people that was extremely positive. Uh, but listen, I want you to listen to this one because it's kind of strange. What many people told us is that this was the best event they have participated in, that they have participated in because, listen to this one, three reasons. First, everything started and ended on time. <laughs> the content was on a top level, meaning the presentations were on a top level. And third, the platform worked. <laughs> and when I read this, I'm still as shocked as before. When I hear that feedback, everyone that's listening to this podcast, spending the time to listen to us right now, instead of doing something else, everyone, all of you, no matter where you are, these three things should be given. This should be something that you get out of every event by default. Yet, in order for so many people to write us exactly those three things, you know very well that that's not the case. And that is telling you that the event industry itself is as bad as the presentation industry. That is how low the bar is set. When the event goes smoothly and everything starts and ends on time, people are like, that was incredible. I cannot believe it. How is this even? That is the most incredible event that I have ever seen. The person on the other end that you are seeing designed their slides well and rehearsed their presentation. And many of you have said, this is incredible. This is the best presentation I have ever seen. These things should be a default. You have to expect them from everyone. We need to raise yeah. the standards that we have and the, the expectations that we have for events. And if you are organizing an event, have that in mind. But if you are purchasing an event, because nowadays there are organizations that, because they saw Present to Succeed, are asking us, hey, do this for us, uh -huh. right? And we're now organizing, we entered the events industry without okay. actually wanting. Sure. <laughs> so now we are organizing two other events All right. behind the scenes. So when you, are when you are asking someone to organize an event for you, a conference for you, you need to expect those basics <laughs> these fundamental things from them and you shouldn't be willing to give up on them mm. there should be everything should work the content should somehow be on a top level everything should start and end on time come mm. on Every, like come on everybody <laughs> come on and the, the third one was nothing the platform didn't crash right what that was the third one yeah 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 <laughs> but no, no that happened when, often actually Yeah, yeah. You said it. I was in an event last year because I was entering so many virtual events to, to see yeah. what's happening, how are they doing. Oh, no, 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 no. Do my research because to me, it was also something quite new. Like I have spent 3,000, uh, sorry, 300 euros for an event that became mm. virtual yep. with some top business people, which was a two-day event. And the first day disappeared. <laughs> the first day didn't happen because their platform crashed They didn't have a backup. They were not able to restore that platform. And then later on, on the next day, so you can imagine the level of the, the corruption or the crash that happened there. On the second day, kudos, by the way, to the organizers, they moved the event to another platform. Mm. So obviously that platform was out. You know, that was probably the end of that software there. Mm -hmm. But the first day was like, it disappeared. <laughs> you know, that was a full day of content that... Wow. was not there yet. No. 
That uh, is insane. That's terrible. That's terrible. And I saw that your shows. <laughs> the way I look at this event is crazy <clears throat> nowadays. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going there again. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. Of course, you lost the trust, lost the customer. Correct. Yeah, and, and yeah, absolutely. So regarding to also the the platform you chose, Hopin that I know has been using other Correct. events. Tell us um, why you chose that one and what else you had in mind. What you were choosing. So yeah, so the uh, the way I approached this was that I have spent three months on uh, my obviously not full days, but three months with the main focus of exploring conference mm -hmm. pla virtual platforms yep. for events. I have nailed it to two, uh, so I tried probably twenty. I nailed it to two. One of them was hoping. The other one was Big Marker. These were the two that I was choosing between. We were about to go with Big Marker, and then um, at the beginning they were quoting us with one number, and then once we told them, "Hey, we we want to go with you," they multiplied that number by three. Oh. And I was like, "Okay, so <laughs> it's just two months later. Like, what happened?" And they started explaining, and I was like, "This is guys. That's not how you do business." Like you cannot be multiplying the number by three just out of nowhere. Or if you can, and there are willing, there are people willing to pay you. I understand again. You know, go go do it. You know, like I'm obviously we are not your customer in this case. Not a problem at all. Uh, this way we ended up with Hopin. Uh, we of course did quite some research SLAs. Like we did a lot of research with them, mm. and we went for the most expensive version of, uh, of Hopin because okay. we wanted to customize the platform. You you saw it, right? You experienced yes. it yeah. yourself. Uh, we want to we wanted to customize the platform. We wanted to have an SLA. We wanted to have an account manager. We wanted to have mm -hmm. support uh, throughout the event. All of those things, and so we went with them uh, by. The reason why we went with them was because, first of all, they allowed full customization on the platform. Uh, for us, that was extremely important. For me, a premium event should look and feel premium. Um, the content should be on a premium level, but the platform should also look and feel premium. And for us, we have created a very beautiful brand, I would say, for last year's event. I think this year's is also a, an even better one. Uh, and we wanted to move that visual experience to the platform so mm -hmm. everything that sure. you have seen on social media and our website we want it to be the same yeah. uh, in the platform and once they told us that this is only possible in the most expensive version we were like nah, sure all right let's let's do it but uh what we told them back then was that there will be one thing that can break the deal very very quickly and if they don't do it uh, we are going to become their worst nightmare <laughs> and that is yet again something very basic uh, that i see companies, organizations, all of them, uh, most of it, uh, like many organizations and companies and freelancers for that matter, across the world doing a very poor job in. And that is pure and simple communication. We told them that we truly care about how they communicate with us and how collaborative, uh, how collaborative they are with us. We told them that we are going to push their platform to the absolute limit uh, we went with them actually because we saw a case study with TechCrunch and how TechCrunch okay. customized their platform. Right. And once we saw how they did it, we we told them from the get-go, we are going to do it better. So we, however, we are going to do it by ourselves. We have a design team, we have whatever. We have mm -hmm. everyone needed to design it. And we told them, we if we ask you for help, that truly means that we need help. Mm -hmm. And if you don't help us in a reasonable time, we're going to make a huge problem out of it. It was, by the way, to Hopin, their account manager, Alex. Up until today, I said to Alex so many times, thank you so much for everything that you guys did for us. 
that was the most clean, pure, professional, exceptional collaboration between two organizations. It was just so easy, you know, uh, to work with them. It was insane. Like he was our account manager, anything that we wanted, any issue that we had. He just said almost in an hour, we had an answer. Like probably they were using like a software to monitor the reaction time of the emails oh. to the customers and track. <laughs> yeah, there is software like that. We also use the that. VIP Napoleon cat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're like, okay. Uh, so they did everything um, for us in that manner. The platform was, uh, there were no issues along the way. We customized it the way uh, we wanted. And so that's why we actually renewed our contract for 2023. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're also going to go hybrid with them in 2023 when the event will be in Sofia, Bulgaria. So we are actually continuing the partnership together with them, strengthening the relationship together with them. And yeah, we saw each other actually like a month ago. In December, I went in Barcelona because there was a conference about conferences. I didn't Uh know that. So (laughs) one of our our new account manager was like, I'm going to Barcelona. So next week, I may be a little bit slow in my response. I'm like, why are you going to Barcelona during the COVID pandemic? I'm like, what's going on? She's like, there is conference about conferences and we have a booth there. And I'm like, conference about conferences? Well, what is that? So she sent me the link. I freed up my schedule and I uh, flew into Barcelona to also meet them, do some other networking. And we saw each other there. We became friends. So it's like we are in such a great relationship with Hopen. I, w- I can only say positive things about those guys. Kudos for their execution. Kudos to their uh, growth, incredible growth of the company. I mean... Um, my head is down, you know, like great, great company. Excellent. And let me remind you, you had in the event, you had two chan, um, what's it called? Two stages in parallel or you, you, I don't remember. Yes, that. correct. So we had two, two stages running in parallel. Mm-hmm. The first day was storytelling and uh, presentation design. The second day was presentation tools and public speaking and presentation skills, mm-hmm. right? The, how you deliver a presentation. So that was one of the t- stages. And in the other, there were presentation tools, PowerPoint, Keynote, Google Slides, Apple, like all of the tools that you can utilize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this year, I, it will be the same. Yeah, all right. Also, two, two tracks in parallel. Perfect. Well, yeah. One thing also is, is important. You just mentioned that one of the, <laughs> the main results of your feedback were that the, I think how you say, the, the presenters were well prepared, something like that you, you said. But there are speakers, presenters, who are great speakers, but they are used to the to the physical world. So maybe they are not. Well, this time, maybe they are more prepared for that. But what I know, I know that some events uh, go to the houses and help them to set up the the place. Tell us what do you suggest? You can tell us what you have done in your event. But what you suggest for a for an event organizer, for instance, should how much should you check that the speaker is able to have the the settings at, at home it is it is a must uh that part of the feedback that you heard that we heard from our customers uh, from the attendees uh, which are a customer obviously that the content was great partially was because we were at ease in this situation like you have to understand that in our case running a presentation skills conference you can expect right you can expect that the presentations and the people that you invite are really good at presenting, right? Mm-hmm. Just because it's a presentation skills conference. Should be. <laughs> right? So you don't have to forget that. However, if that's an IT or if that's a conference on fintech or anything else, 
that is not a given. These people are not yeah. presentation experts. So you have to do a little bit further, like a few more steps there. Now, what you can do and what we actually did, even though these guys are presentation experts, mm -hmm. is that we reviewed all of the presentations. And I don't mean the slides only. We reviewed every single presentation before it went on stage, with the exception of one. And by the way, it showed up. Like we, <laughs> it was clear which one what didn't went I didn't go through our filter, but there were a lot of reasons why that happened. So from 35 presentations, 34, I would say were really well done uh, in a great setup with great sound, with really well done slides, all on and on and on and on. Of course, if you're asking me, coming from the presentation agency, building presentations for many of the biggest, they could be better. Sure. Yeah, I said it. So what? But they're still on such a better level than yeah. the one that people are used to that they consider Absolutely. them wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what we I what I advise everyone to do is to make sure if you are the event organizer, first you need to create a power a PowerPoint presentation, PDF, keynote, whatever, like a PDF file with a speaker guide guideline. Mm -hmm. And in that speaker guideline, you can include, for example, what is this event? how long the logistics of the event, mm -hmm. right? But then you have to include information about your expectations towards that person as the speaker. In our speaker guideline, you will see this year, because this year we created it. Last year, it was a little bit analog uh, type of thing. But this year, we have this digital PDF, a beautifully designed PDF file where we are sending to speakers, where you also, for example, will see screenshots of how is it okay for your camera to be and how is it not okay. What is a good mic and what is not a good mic, right? We recommended microphones, cameras to some of our speakers. They actually purchased them. Mm -hmm. Now, we didn't have the budget to pay for that technology because we explained to them very politely, hey, guys, this is a presentation skills event. You are a presentation <laughs> skills expert in one way or the other. <laughs> you are supposed to have it. There will be 3,000 people listening to you. This is a $300 investment. Come on. And you are going to be using it from now on for years on a daily basis. So you need to invest in it. So we recommended the technology. We helped with the setup, etc. But if you are the event organizer, my first thing is that you have to have the speaker guideline file with instructions in regards to the overall setup, the quality, the mic, the camera, the lighting, the background. Plus, you need to have, an, um, you need to have instructions and guidelines in regards to how the slide should be. How should they look? Uh, like how detailed they, uh, they should be, how, like show good and bad examples. Plus then for, especially for the critical uh, speakers, you need to ask them to record themselves once they're rehearsing, like mm -hmm. ask for their rehearsal and tell them that you're going to use that not only for review, but you're also going to use that for backup purposes. Mm. Right. Yeah. Things can happen. And by the way, yeah, that is true. We, used those mp4 files just to be on the safe side like we had them on our machines and on the uh, on the people that were moderating the whole mm -hmm. uh, stream the tech people Davey guys we had them on their computers and we were ready if something happens if a disaster happens in Australia we play the file mm. and yeah we would excuse ourselves sure. right to people with the audience who see that it's a recording but what what's what's better do not have the session or to try your best, see that it's not possible and then show the audience that you are actually prepared even for that case and play the session for them. I promise you that if you do that and if you end up in that situation, the audience will be 
stunned. They will yeah. be amazed. They're like, yeah, they will be in the same way as you speak about demos in your books, mm. right? You backups. have to have a backup of mm. the demo. The demo cannot fail. That's impossible. Exactly. Exactly. Excellent. Well, fantastic. All this, um, all this uh, advice and the behind the scenes of this event. That's some super exciting also to, to see the, this year that is coming again in April. So let's, let's close with the questions I always ask. If you can share with us a quotation that has inspired you lately. Uh, it will be, a, it will, I, I don't know where I heard it. I more or less said it a few times in a way, uh, but I really, it really resonated with me, you know, like I think that and it com it's coming from someone from uh, our industry. It says more or less, I actually have to, uh, it says the first one, uh, it says, uh, once you see a good presentation, you cannot unsee it. That is the first one. That one, I re it really resonated with me and with the people that I talk to, meaning with our customers, because I see that in them. You know, once we work with them, once we work on them, once you see it, once you see a good presentation, mm. you cannot unsee it. It's very hard. The other one, by the way, it. is by a... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you cannot unsee it. Um, the other one, by the way, if you allow me to, uh, to say it, is from a book on virtual presentations. I would lie to you which was exactly the book and who was the author. But he actually said many people consider virtual presentations as an excuse and treat virtual presentations. Many people treat virtual presentations as an excuse for bad quality. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Listen to everyone. Many people treat virtual presentations as an excuse for bad quality. Don't do that. They could be on a good level. They could be delivered, prepared, designed, and delivered in a very like top fashion, you know, very top quality yeah, with yeah. stunning, stunning effects. So it just depends on us. Yeah, the good one. I I, I heard the first one. I remember but I heard recently also the first one. The second one is <laughs> also very true, very like, true. I'm opening the file. I can actually tell you whose quote is this because I have the file here. So if you give me like yeah. 10 more seconds, I'm scrolling. Give me a second. Where uh, here it is. So the author is, by the way, everyone, David Kerrigan, double R, Kerrigan. And he wrote the book. He's the author of the book, Better Online Presenting. This is where I saw this one. Biggest issue is that people take online presentations as an excuse for lower standards. Mm. These are the exact, this is the exact quote. Excuse I love lower that. Standard, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Biggest issue is that people take online as an excuse for lower standards. I love that. Oh, yes. Could you recommend us now one book in particular? Wow. I would say, uh, I would say, yeah, of course. Uh, I would say, um, story smart, uh, by one of our speakers, actually, Kendall Heaven incredible book on the neuroscience mm -hmm. of storytelling and the components that built and that exist in each and every engaging story. You will be stunned when you read this book. I thought that I know something about storytelling running this company for six years. When I read this book, I was like, Jesus, oh my God. Like, I don't know anything about <laughs> that stuff anymore. <laughs> it was one of those yeah. open, like one of those books. It was, in, it was incredible. Highly, highly recommending it. And it's a story for, for people, but also there's also for, for brands, for companies or for both. 
apply for I would say I would say mostly for presenters let's start with the presenters first any business person Mm -hmm. be that in HR marketing sales IT design read this book it's a it's not an expensive book story smart Kendall Heaven is the author of the book you will be but you are you will need to read it probably twice and I'm warning you that you are going to be reading it slowly all right Mm -hmm. because it's a very short book but the information inside of it will make you think very, very like a lot about storytelling, the way you presented the connection between the components of a story. And wait a minute, does that exist in presentations? Can I use those? He talks about eight components in every story, every engaging story. Mm-hmm. And then once you start asking the question, Hey, wait a minute, do those like, do those eight components exist or can I make them part of a presentation? Thus turning mm-hmm any presentation into a story, it will blow your mind. Like, it is incredible stuff. I really like it. Yeah, I have to read that one. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Okay, Boris, it was being a pleasure talking with you. Please let us know how people can um, get in touch with you, the ones who have not heard with you before, and also remind us about the Present to Succeed event that's coming. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for for allowing me to do that. Boris Christoph um, on LinkedIn, the best place to connect with me. The link to the presentation agency is 356labs.com, not 365labs. Many people are like 365. (laughs) What is this? IT company? No, it's 356labs.com. And of course, uh, the conference itself, it's called Present to Succeed. And by the way, probably here is the moment for us to mention uh, the idea that we had at the beginning of the podcast. If you go to the Present to Succeed dot com website and go to the tickets choose any ticket that you want and during the checkout type in time to shine 50 one word you get 50 percent discount on top of the early bird prices or on top of the prices no depending on when you get to the website mm-hmm. on any ticket we'll be super happy to have people that care about presentations as part of the the conference so you are welcome to join. The prices are already so affordable with 50% on top of it. It's like a, the price of a lunch that you're going to buy in first place. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot for that discount. Time to shine 50 is the discount coupon. And remind us the date of the event. The dates. The 7th and the 8th of April 2021. Perfect. Again, it was a pleasure talking with you, uh, Boris. And we'll see you in April <laughs> in the conference in Presenter yeah. Succeed. Brilliant. Thank you, Oscar, for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time, 